The Gaily Prophet operates under the assumption that you have read the books. If you haven't read the books, go and read them. They're wonderful. And then come back to us. Otherwise, you're going to be spoiled. And that's your choice in this world. Gay people love puns. I'm dead. <laughs> we have to stop this podcast. And this book causes Satanism. What is left for us to rant about? There is nothing straight about Plum Velvet. <laughs> you shouldn't have been drinking when I said that. <laughs> Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person. I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about Harry Potter. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Gaily Prophet, a podcast for two queer IRL witches reread Harry Potter and talk about it. I am America's favorite Griffin dandy, Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Griffin Dyke extraordinaire, Jesse Blount. And uh, we are here to talk about these here chapters, chapters 13 and 14. The gang finds out who Nicholas Fumel is. Harry wins the, the Quidditch match. And observes Snape and Quirrell being having a shifty meeting in the woods. And then, <clears throat> chapter 14, Norbert, the Norwegian Ridgeback, it's exam time, and Haley barely cares. Uh, <laughs> Hagrid has obtained an illegal dragon's egg, and Harry and Hermione, with the help of Charlie Weasley, liberate his, his dragon but get caught in the act by Filch. Yep. Yep. <sighs> yeah. Um, so f- <laughs> for like a week now, I have been talking to Evan about this impending recording and how much I do not care about either of these chapters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually, when I first... When I first read through the chapters, I was like, this is like, it's these are very just, boring chapters. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't give a fuck about any of this. All right. Um, so actually, before we get into the headlines, I have been, I've been thinking about the fact that we do so much, um, sort of like ripping on Slytherin in this uh, podcast that we're making. And I just wanted to say for the listeners that we are separating what it means to be a Slytherin in the book series from what it means to be a Slytherin IRL. And so we don't actually have bad feelings about people who are, are Slytherins for real people who have been sorted into Slytherin or identify as Slytherins. I think that what it means to be a Slytherin in the real world is like a totally legitimate way to still be capable of being a wonderful person. Our issue is with the way that the Slytherins are written in the book series, which is fully separate. So we each have a Slytherin pet. We love Slytherins. We just don't love what JK Rowling has done with Slytherins. Yeah. The 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 character building of the Slytherins is really not great. Yeah, there's just like nothing. She has tried so hard in her like post 
post-book canon to redeem what it means to be a Slytherin, but, like, it's too little too late. You wrote what you wrote, and in the books there's that redemption is not present, so. You wrote seven bur- books worth of stuff about, like, <laughs> right. how much you hate Slytherin. Like, about how no Slytherins stay to fight Voldemort in book seven. Like, you cannot go back from that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyways, so just in case you've been listening and are like, oh my God, they hate me. We don't. So you ready to get into this newspaper? I am. All right. What are the headlines? Today's headlines. Local boy overhears conveniently vague conversation, makes poor decisions. Oh, that was great because your sound just got like really weird and choppy, and so that was like slow motion robot laughter, and it just was wonderful. Um, I'll wait till you finish that drink. Great. And Hogwarts employees seriously endanger students without repercussion. Sources (laughs) say the worst part is that the subplot was utterly unnecessary. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck this dragon subplot. We turn to the front page for chapter 13, Nicholas Flamel, which starts with Hermione being disappointed that they didn't at least find out who Flamel was <laughs> over Christmas break. <laughs> Yeah, she she sure did say that thing. <laughs> um, I do love that Ron acknowledges how fucked up and triggering that mirror must be and like was for Harry. I don't like how he does it. No. I have a whole section in editorials about how much I hate Ron in these chapters and that it that is on there. I you are correct. And also, he says it really shittily, and I don't like that. Yeah, no. He does. He's a real shithead in, in this book. <laughs> in this book and ongoing. <laughs> okay, my next... Oh, sorry, were you done yeah, with, with that? Yeah, with that point, yeah. Okay. Uh, I just... J.K. Rowling, one of my favorite things that she does in her writing is do these like little tiny very very funny things that like you have to be paying attention for i think in order to notice such as saying that the endless rain couldn't dampen wood spirits and i just am like always always gonna be on the lookout for those because i love it i have literally never noticed there's a joke there right it's so cute (laughs) now i have to keep an eye out is what yeah i need to do um, this is also, the beginning chapter is not a great chapter for Neville, where, like, he is cursed, and he comes to this common room after hopping up what must be a jillion stairs, because no one saw this kid and was like, let me unjinx you, except for Hermione, who is the only one not laughing. Yep. I have 
an entire Neville <laughs> section in politics okay. that starts with that. Okay. Because literally every sentence that contains the word Neville in this entire chapter has a sad face after it in my notes. Like, it just, he is so tragic. He's so tragic. And it hurts me so badly. And I feel like no one is treating him right in this chapter, except for Hermione. Well, and that when Harry tells him that he's worth 12 of Malfoy, oh and then, like, crying, crying from me later when he's like, I'm worth 12 of you, Malfoy, and I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> you tender, tender little baby. I know. Like, I want to talk a lot of shit about Harry, but he actually is, for the most part, pretty kind. Like, a pretty good kid. I mean, first he laughs at him, and then he's like, you're worth 12 of Malfoy, so like, eh. But he's maybe trying, I guess. I mean, he gave him a chocolate and a compliment. Um... He did. George Weasley (laughs) falls off his broom when they say, when he learns that Snape is going to referee the Quidditch match, (laughs) to which I just wrote, lol, what? (laughs) (laughs) off his broom and maybe if it was on purpose if it was like one of his like you know comedy stunts that's one thing but it doesn't say that because they had been pretending to fall off their brooms previously um and he falls off so profoundly that he gets mud in his mouth which i hope no one would do on purpose I just feel like I've never been so shocked that like I fell off my bike which is I feel like sort of the equivalent here and I'm just I'm just like I mean, I've just never been so shocked that I've fallen. That's true. Full stop, and especially not about, like, just something as basic as... I guess it's not actually basic, because we'll talk in the education section about the fact that they legitimately think Harry's going to die as a result of Snape refereeing this match, so maybe it's not not a small thing, but... Anyway, I think that's silly. So... I do kind of love how Harry's like, oh man, it seems like Snape can read minds, and he like can. So it's just I know. Like, yes, actually, Harry, you're right. You should have figured this out earlier. But he's not, though, right? Because you can feel it when someone is performing occlumency on you, can't you? I mean, I guess so. It seems all very... I feel the way that she describes it is never super consistent. But it does make me wonder if you get sort of a, like, like, maybe you can't read someone's thoughts, but you can, like, get enough of, you can feel enough of their emotions to be able to kind of, like, sort of figure out what they're thinking, you know? Right, 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 right. Yeah, well, I'm just thinking about, like, Occlumency lessons because Harry, like, falls down and has, like, trigger trauma horrifying experiences with that but maybe like low-key occlumency is a little bit less intense probably and it's just that feeling of maybe snape can read minds but god i hope that if snape is reading harry's mind that if he was he would do something about the utter nonsense never mind he probably read harry's mind went to the headmaster was like hey 
Harry's like looking into this thing. He knows way too much. He was spying on me. I'm really worried that he's going to like do something stupid. And Dumbledore was like, yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, like... that, that, I mean, it is sort of like clearly when Snape is like following Harry around and Harry's like, it's like Snape is following me. He's like, he fucking is following you, dude. Yeah. And it just, it's like very clear that he's like keeping an eye on Harry, but it's not like you're kind of like. Is it for Dumbledore or is it for like your own peace of mind that Harry doesn't die this year, you know? Well, right, because Snape knows that Quirrell tried to kill Harry yeah. during that Quidditch like, match. Like pretty blatant like in front of the entire school. Right. And no one's doing anything about that except we learn what in book 7 that Dumbledore was like keep an eye on Quirrell. Like no fire that person what are you doing he tried to murder a student i feel like i have a whole thing about that in education because i'm very angry at dumbledore like in this chapter i like want to reach the book and strangle him so, yep I, will, I have a lot of feelings about that um, um sorry you're cutting out what'd you say i have a lot of feelings about that yeah uh I have a question about why Hermione is bad at chess because chess is logic based and I wonder if it's like performance anxiety, but then she doesn't get performance anxiety when she has to solve the logic puzzle in the dungeon. So like she should probably be at least as good at chess as Ron, but maybe she just doesn't know the rules well enough because she's never learned it before. Like, I mean, I think she probably, she's probably decent, but like, I can't imagine her having as much probably, one-on-one like she's probably not doing it one-on-one all the time and i feel like ron is probably playing it with his family like all the time you know? right yeah that makes sense so yeah um also wizard chess probably throws her off her game at least a little because whatever chess she's played before your pieces aren't being literally murdered by each other <laughs> So. And also screaming at you, like yeah. Why? Is... Oh yeah, someone who has anxiety. Never mind. No <laughs> wonder Hermione is bad. At chess. I was going to say, I'm just like everything is so loud in the Wizarding World unnecessarily. Like, why do the chess pieces have to scream? Like, can they just move? Like, if they even like moved and kind of like grappled, that's one thing. But if they're communicating with you, that's like kind of upsetting. Yeah, and. A lot of chess, I think, is thinking really hard, right? So it's, like, much more difficult. Yeah. Uh, I also wondered... So the thing about Flamel says that he worked on alchemy with his... uh, Dumbledore worked on alchemy with his partner, Flamel. Uh, And I wrote, partner or partner? Because 600 years is definitely long enough to be in an open relationship with your wife. Y'all are probably, if you're still married after 600 years, you're probably, well, I mean, whatever, 500, however long, yeah. 75 years, you're probably pretty comfortable with your relationship and like, seems logical that you'd be in an open relationship by then. Yeah. I mean, yes. I also think that Flamel and Dumbledore are boned at some point. Like that okay. just obviously i guess i don't know partner is a funny word to use there (laughs) yeah so yeah i don't i don't think there's any other way to read that i think i think that they were 
partners yeah. at some point. No, agreed. Cool. Great. <laughs> it's like the first time that we've actually been able to like dig into Dumbledore's queerness since episode one. So hooray for us. It is very refreshing. <laughs> okay. Do you think Hermione is studying alchemy in her spare time in this book? Oh. I have no idea. It's just like, why does she have this ginormous book, like, old book about... Oh, is that what the book is about? I thought so. I thought it was like a history book. But I don't think it actually says what the book is. I just assumed. And you know what I mean, yeah, like, she, like she, she's reading that passage out of it, but maybe they don't actually say what it is. Yeah, sure. I mean, come on. It's Hermione. Yeah. She, like, wants to know how to do all of the things. I mean, I guess if anyone else could make a Sorcerer's Stone, it would probably be Hermione. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Though I don't think Hermione would want to live forever. That's probably why there aren't more Sorcerer's Stones, is because most most people who are that, like, capable of really intense magic are like, nah, I'm good. I think I might just, you know, die. I don't know. I think I actually would want the stone, though. Would you? For the gold or for the living forever? I mean, both. Because if you're going to live forever, you're going to need to have a lot of money. That's true. But I'm just kind of like, I don't know. (laughs) This is going to sound really silly, but I am really sad when I think about how I'm not going to be able to read as many books as I would want to read in my lifetime. Because there just isn't enough time for that. And I'm like, if I had the Sorcerer's Stone, though, I could read all of the books. That's adorable. (laughs) You are literally Hermione Granger. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, that's. A, I love that. You're amazing. I mean, why else would you want to live forever? You didn't want to like. I don't know. You're talking to someone who literally only just like reads the same books over and over again. <laughs> So I'm like, well, if I live forever, I would have read The Lord of the Rings 725 times. <laughs> oh, God. I have I have read Carry On, I think, five times in the last month. T- total side note. Did you hear that there's a Carry On sequel coming out? Yes. I did I'm so it. excited. <laughs> and it got bumped up. By a year. It was supposed to come out in 2020, but it's coming out this year. <gasps> yeah. I'm stoked. Can't wait to read that. I'm going to throw a fit if we don't get more intense makeout scenes that aren't flashbacks. <laughs> so mad. I feel like we're probably going to get that. Let's hope so. Anyway. Uh, Even you don't if- have any more for this chapter, right? My last one is just Hermione at the Quidditch match crosses all of her fingers and then puts them in her mouth and i have no idea what that is i don't know but it seems very endearing it seems like a thing that like an anxious child would do it's like you'd cross all your fingers and then you i don't know why sticking them in their mouth is a thing but it just seems right. like how do you even cross all of your fingers i feel like i used to do that in elementary school does it mean when you like stack them all up like that i feel like i guess i was just imagining like you're yeah like you're crossing all of your you're stacking them all yeah and then you put them in your mouth. I don't know. That just seems like it's, so, it's sort of endearing because it's like 
Hermione probably was a thumb sucker, so you're kind of just imagining like her like reverting to that like in this time of like crisis, where she just sticks all her, her fingers in her mouth. Okay, turn the page, chapter fourteen. Front page. What is a stout sandwich, and why is Hagrid eating it? Oh, actually, I have I do have a thing in my front page about it. In that, what is it? So stout sandwiches are not a thing. It's not a thing? No, because stoats are a kind of weasel. Right. So, like, Hagrid, no one no one is eating stoats. There should be no reason why Hagrid is eating them. He is a big dude, and I'm sure that a weasel has, like, a mouthful of meat on it, if that. You know? It's a big weasel. Or at least it looked big. I mean, Weasels I, come in lots of sizes. I really, I feel like, whatever it would be, there's no reason why Hagrid is eating them. He has pheasants and ham in his house. Why is he eating stoats? I have no idea. It's very weird. They're also, I mean, they're they're predators. Like, why? I feel like it's only in there because J.K.R. liked that it had an, uh, what is it called when it, like, does the, Alliteration? Like, alliteration, yeah. I think she just huh. likes that, the way that it sounded, versus the practicality. And, like, I was looking it up. I don't even think it was, like, a weird like you know middle ages rich people feast where they had a bunch of like animals you we don't eat now so i just there's like no one eats these creatures no one has eaten them like why is it showing yeah, up in this chapter? so weird and also the castle's right there with like good food in it what yeah. are you doing he's also <laughs> clearly tending the chickens of hogwarts so like eat one of the chickens <sighs> yeah it's very strange. Hagrid's eating habits are very strange. Yeah. All right. Uh, what you got? Um, my first thing is that in retrospect, it's really awkward that they're being nice to Quirrell in this chapter. <laughs> yeah, it's know. really weird. I don't know. It's, it's it just amuses me. That's all. Yeah. It. I. I thought about it too, like Ron telling people off for making fun of his stutter and stuff like that. Like it's just so their their entire attitude towards everything that's happening is just like really bizarre. Um, my next note, please hear this as incredibly sarcastic. I'm being very sarcastic. Ron is such a know-it-all with his dragon breeding was outlawed in 1709. <laughs> Stop showing off, Ron. Right, Ron? Isn't that showing off? What an annoying thing to do. Can't a person read in peace around here? That's what I have to say. Because obviously that's how he treats Hermione. Previously when she knows things. Yeah, the way Hermione's described in this chapter is garbage and it makes me angry. Yeah, he just, this is exactly the kind of thing that he fucking goes on rails on Hermione about and then he's like everyone knows that no it was outlawed in 1709 (laughs) right no one knows those kind of dates like no one has memorized dates like that right no one who doesn't have a brother who's a fucking dragon keeper yeah it actually sort of I don't know kind of warms my heart that Charlie is either really enthusiastic about dragons enough to like drill in like dragon (laughs) facts into his siblings or that I don't know Ron took an interest in what Charlie is into and is like yeah duh, everyone knows about when dragon breeding was illegal and it's like no 
I feel like of all of his brothers, Charlie is the one that Ron looks up to the most. That's definitely the impression that I get. And Charlie is, like, so much nicer, I think, in a lot of ways. Like, Bill is, like, very amiable, but he's kind of aloof. And I feel like Charlie yeah. was, like, there for Ron up until the point that he moved out, probably. Yeah. Anyway, we also learn from this that they aren't breeding dragons. So we don't know where they're getting all of the dragon products that they use all the time. Yeah mysterious how how does their economy work who knows i know (laughs) or the chain of supply about anything yeah right i with all of the animal animal supply things that they use in in potions like when when harry has to like buy more of things um i'm always just like a little baffled that they are making like procuring new for instance armadillo bile um as opposed to just multiplying it like it can't be pleasant for anyone to obtain armadillo bile. <laughs> and the bile of an armadillo so... must be tiny they're not that big <laughs> right right i mean Yes, I don't get it at all. So why aren't they just... I mean, maybe the supplier is multiplying it and selling it. But then, I mean, why doesn't everyone just multiply it and then not spend money on it? I have no idea. Why do the Weasleys have to buy more flu powder ever? Why don't they just make there be more flu powder? Yeah. Do you think that things with magical properties... Like, the magic doesn't come with the multiplying? Maybe not. So you can, like, make more wine, but if it was, like... Flu powder. A special wine you had to use in a potion, the multiplied wine wouldn't have whatever properties make it work in a potion. I mean, maybe. I feel like having that kind of ingredient authenticity probably would make a difference. Yeah. I don't want anyone to be procuring bile from armadillos. <laughs> that scene, whenever the fuck it happens, book four, when Harry spills his armadillo bile on purpose, my only takeaway from that scene is just like, no, <laughs> think about what that actually is and don't pour it on the floor on purpose. Think of the armadillos. <laughs> think of the like poor underpaid person who's like, Removing the bile of armadillos. Like, the person is oh, not no. getting paid enough to do that. This is like armadillo factory farm. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Oh, God. Okay, new subject. My last thing is, is that I also would have packed a teddy bear into Norbert's crate. It's like peak. <laughs> peak animal weirdo. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, I have a couple more. Uh, the first is that Ron leaving the letter in the book that Malfoy takes is literally my worst nightmare. <laughs> like, anytime I'm lending someone that something like that could be in, I check like 700 times to make sure that there isn't anything in there that I don't want them to have. And then often still have anxiety that there might have been in some something in there that I don't want them to have. So... That's a terrible feeling. I feel you, Ron. I'm sorry that that happened to you. 
I love the line where it says something like they never knew how they managed to get the crate all the way to the top of the tower. I just wrote like LOL, 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 because it's such a convenient way to get around having to explain how two 11 year olds carried a crate with a giant dragon in it all the way to the top of the astronomy tower. She was like, no, I don't know. They don't know. Nobody knows. I don't know how it happened. It's a very good uh, writing device. Because, like, Norbert must be the size of a, like, Great Dane in this chapter. Or, like, when they're, like, carrying him up to the top. I'm like, I think think he's, like, six feet at that point. Yeah, there's no way. Uh, And then the last one is just that Hermione does a jig. It's so great. (laughs) (laughs) Are you still thinking about that chick? I'm just thinking, I was like, I couldn't, for a second, I couldn't remember the context. I was like, is it after the dragon leaves? No, it's about Malfoy getting detention. Like, she's so happy about it. (laughs) Just, I want to see it. I'm sad it wasn't in the movie. The end. I'm just trying to imagine what that dancing would be like. I'm sorry. Jigs are like really funny as a general rule. So, all right. Politics? Sure. Welcome to the politics section in which we talk about things that are fucked up. So, I can't get over Dumbledore in this chapter. He's just, or just like not in this chapter, his absence of him in this chapter just being like, all right, cool. You had some really tra- some traumatic things happen looking in that mirror. Have fun. Yep. Literally, my first note is Harry's nightmares, trauma, Dumbledore sucks. So we are very much on the same page here. What is he doing? I don't know, and I don't like it. It's just awful. Especially because you know that he's still watching Harry. <laughs> because that's what Dumbledore does with his life. Oh and he has Snape following him around reading his mind. And he's just like, oh, you're having a lot of nightmares, buddy. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's like literally what's happening, though. <laughs> I know. He's terrible. He's a terrible caregiver. I hate it. Uh, yeah. Uh, Harry really needs an advocate in like these first entire series actually yeah. like he needs it for literally this entire series and he never gets it except from his friends so yeah it's awful <sighs> yeah you want to talk about neville yeah um you should start off though i think mine are just kind of like general observations and i think i know you had a whole thing about neville. it basically my whole thing is a list of everything that happens to <laughs> So many things uh, happen to him. Most of which is fucked up. So it's the leg lock curse. The fact that Hermione's the one that helps, which like goes back to our whole thing about her like extreme empathy and like abuse stuff. Um fucking Ron saying to him, You've gotta stand up to him, Neville. Don't lie down in front of him and make it easier. Fall in a hole, Ron. That's so fucked up. That's such a fun thing to say to your friend. 
I know. Parenthetical, Harry is good here. Here's what it says in my notes. The time when he says, I'm worth 12 of you, Malfoy, which makes me just have a sobbing emoji reaction. And then when he fights Malfoy again, he like hesitates and then is like, I'm coming in. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, love the, the fight. I love the hesitation that he's just like, I'm, I'm doing it. I know, which is same, right? Another just like sobbing emoji. Right? I'm just like, little, little buddy. Just, oh my God. So we can get into any piece of that. Um, I think you've forgotten something. Oh no, what did I forget? So when, I don't remember who says it. Maybe it was Ron. He was like, yeah, like I gave Malfoy a black eye and Neville's still out cold. Hold the phone. Like, it took a second to heal a bone. Why the fuck is he still out? Like, why haven't you given him some shit to make his go away immediately? Like, why? Why is Neville still unconscious? Huh. Good question. Do they not have smelling salts? Or, like, isn't there literally a potion that does this? Or, like, can't you just revive him? Like, why is he still laying unconscious in the infirmary? If I've learned anything from watching movies, it's that you just have to pour water on somebody <laughs> or else slap them in the face a bunch. So oh, <laughs> maybe yeah. these cures are just too easy for the wizarding world. And they're like, I don't know. I don't know how to do it. I don't know. I feel like for me, I'm just like, this is really putting your competence, Pomfrey, on. It's like, just like really making me question it. Yeah, it's really weird. Poor man. Because because they were fighting, and Ron was fighting Malfoy, and Neville was fighting Crab and Goyle, and no one was helping him. I can't. I can't. We're, like, lucky that Neville survived, honestly. I mean, I feel like Neville is lucky he survived, like, this and- I mean, yeah. Like, he probably had a concussion. Like- Yep. This poor baby. You know. I hate it. My sweet baby Neville. Just someone protect him. Just put him in a, like a bubble or something. It's also, I am bothered by the fact that when he comes back after having had the leg lock curse placed on him and he falls through the portrait hole, it just says everyone laughed. Hermione went to help him. And it's written in such a way that indicates that like Rowling thought that was funny. You know what I mean? Like she yeah. very, she treats all of Neville's stuff like it's a lot funnier than it is. It's not yeah. funny. That's sad and terrible. And I just really, really dislike that she is so nonchalant about stuff like that because it, it's written in a way that indicates that it's okay to laugh at something like that. And like, this is a book about 11 year olds for 11 year olds. And you should maybe like write some more fucking empathy into your characters. If we want kids to be decent to each other. Yeah. I definitely feel like when I was rereading the series before, I feel like I didn't put much thought into like all of the abuse novel suffers in this series, but now it's just like every chapter. I'm just like, oh, because it's like every chapter, yeah. something fucking happens to Neville in this book unnecessarily. Like, let yeah, him it's live. Terrible. So, yeah, I don't like it at all. No. Yeah. Do you have any? What else do you have in politics? 
that's actually the only thing I have in politics. Okay. This might be like a really short couple of episodes because I mean, we don't care about these chapters. Like not not a lot happens that you can really get into. Um They're also both only twelve twelve pages long. So Yeah. I do have one more politics though. So it's time for Witch NSA Watch. <laughs> Let's talk about the fact that the Ministry of Magic makes a habit of obliviating muggles who see dragons. How do they know that it's happened? It's because they're watching you. And why is this series so okay with violating people's minds? That is not okay. Yeah. It's super fucked. Also... Why do they do that? Why can't muggles know that dragons exist? They're just animals. I mean, clearly they're magical animals, though. Sure. But, like, would humans... Humans? Would muggles know what to do with their magicalness? Is it because they're worried that they would, like, kill them off? Is it, like... I don't know. I find it kind of baffling. I mean, though, but to be real... Muggles would, in fact, murder almost all of them. Yeah, muggles are the worst. <laughs> However, obliviating people is, like, super not ethical. Yeah, no, I'm not I'm not trying to say that that's not fucked up. That's really fucked up. Like, and how do they know? Why are they watching everyone all the time? <laughs> Maybe this is, like, where the majority of jobs are in the ministry, is just you spying on other people. <laughs> like... I- I think that's correct. I mean, this must be, like, the biggest department at the ministry. Right. It's Right. That's got to be, like, most people are employed by the Department of Mysteries. That's just what they do. It is... I don't know. It's a little bit like Night Vale, only not charming or interesting or funny. Right? Yeah, because at least the citizens of Night Vale know that they're being watched. Yeah. I guess, actually, isn't there... There's a Department of Muggle Relations or something like that, right, at the Ministry, so it's probably who's doing that particular watching. Oh, God. All right, well, this has been Witch NSA Watch. <laughs> Unless you have anything else no, to say I about don't. that. I don't have anything else to say about that. All right. Welcome to Editorials, where we rant about stuff. Okay, my first... Well, I only have two editorials. The first one is titled, Ron Sucks. (laughs) It contains the thing we were talking about earlier, where he's like, that mirror was bad news. Like, hey, friend... Let me talk to you about how I'm having nightmares, which is like a super vulnerable thing to talk about, especially for a Leo. Come on. And Ron's just like, I told you that mirror was bad news. Like what? And then again, what kind of Pisces are you, Ron Weasley? Like that is a terrible response. You're being a jerk. Your friend is sharing something very vulnerable with you. And I hate his response. He's bad Pisces kind of overall. But anyway, yes. Just like... Nightmares about his parents dying. Like, not even just, like, regular horrifying, like, weird imagery shit nightmares, but, like, nightmares of, like, 
a little like the traumatic happened in his life and it's like bro have a little you could have like you could have wordsmithed that a little bit more like you could have been like maybe i won't say it in such a terrible way yeah it was awful hate it uh and then the thing he says to neville don't lie down in front of him and make it easier fuck off ron he tells hermione not to nag when she's reminding him of the spell that they are counting on to make harry not die during a quidditch match yeah come on ron weasley like she's reminding you of this thing that y'all are planning to use oh are you still there Hello, are you still there? Jesse. Welcome back, listeners, from our weekly technology curse break. <laughs> <laughs> Resuming the politics section. Oh, we wait. were just talking about how much Ron sucks. He's so mean in these chapters. Oh, wait. Editorial section. Yeah. Resuming the editorial section. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's just he's a big meanie yeah uh i think the last thing that i had on my list was just can everyone stop saying that hermione is nagging them for the love of god oh my god yeah i'm so angry that she's described like this it's like you guys she's literally like we need to pass these exams to go to school next year like chill the fuck out which is a lie however (laughs) i mean it's not she doesn't know that it's a lie so (laughs) she's still learning that the rules don't matter at hogwarts um yeah she has no precedent for how little the rules matter at hogwarts yeah so yeah it just and it makes me anger because it's so it's such a gendered thing to be like she's been nagging them this entire time it's like She's literally trying to help you. Right. So. Yeah. It's It's almost as if J.K. Rowling doesn't know what a loaded and gendered term nagging is. Because I feel like if she did, maybe she would shut the fuck up with that word. I feel like she doesn't, because I feel like Hermione, she describes Hermione doing that in all of the books. Yeah. Even though Hermione's literally saved both Ron and Harry's asses twice per book. Right, and like you said last time, last time I all the episodes bleed together when I edit them, at some point you said that J.K. Rowling identifies most with Hermione, and so I kind of feel like part of it is her like self-hatred showing through, but also I kind of feel like if she thought that nagging was as bad of a thing as like if she thought of nagging as bad she would probably use it less to describe the character that she's writing as herself yeah i feel like this description this like oh hermione's nagging is like as if she had like repeatedly written into the the text that like hermione was being a bitch and like come on now we know that these are not words that we use so if you could just if you could just cut that out that'd be super yeah, it is very unfortunate. Yeah, and I feel like it just—it just stuck out to me how often she's described like this in, in these two chapters. Like it's a yeah. lot. Yeah. It also, I mean, the like disdain for women in these books is 
is palpable, right? Like it's 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 pretty horrifying in a lot of ways. Um and the fact that she she being JK Rowling can't even like shed it enough to write her main pro- like female protagonist in a way that doesn't include these like misogynistic views of how women and girls behave is just really upsetting no agree yeah it's i mean it's just infuriating is really (laughs) the main gist quite accurate okay so my only other editorial here (laughs) says what in god's name is taking place between snape and quirrell in the woods (laughs) (laughs) it I was really trying to figure it out in my brain and I couldn't. It's baffling. And when I, I, so I take my notes in my book with a pen and all that my notes are for that section is just so many question marks. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. Like an owl conveniently hoots to cover up presumably the one piece of the conversation <laughs> that would point to the fact that Quirrell is the bad guy and not Snape. But <laughs> like n- none of the context, nothing makes any sense. No. no. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's so confusing. I don't, yeah. It just, it drives the plot along. That's all it does. It's not, it's making any sense. It's just it's, moving the plot. Everything in these two chapters that moves the plot is like, you really couldn't think of anything better <laughs> than that? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? I do have, I do have the um, bit with the chocolate frog and like Harry B. Like, ah, yes, it's on the back of the card. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. That's good. That's the only good one. Yeah, but like the dragon, you could have given them detention in another way. Yeah. A thousand other ways that wouldn't have taken an entire chapter of useless subplot. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it at all. It's nonsense. She must have had an editor who was like, I fucking love this dragon chapter. You're leaving it in. Like this, Because like, it's a pretty tight novel as it is and i guess in my brain i was kind of like i had forgotten about these chapters and the like series of events that happen yeah so it's kind of like oh this doesn't this could have been one chapter easily yeah or none we could have just i mean we got another fucking quidditch game Thank God it was only five minutes long. Yeah. And then we get this like indecipherable scene in the woods. And then we get this completely useless thing with the fucking dragon. Yeah. Um, which listeners, we, the whole conversation about the dragon will be in next week's episode. So don't fret about the fact that all you're getting is like a few brief rants about the dragon. <laughs> and this week we will talk about it <laughs> in depth next week. <laughs> Um, it's so nice that we've figured out our format to the point where I know what uh, what of these notes will be in next week's episode. <laughs> Yay! It's almost like we know what we're doing. Woohoo! <laughs> okay, that leaves us with corrections, which there are some decent corrections and some big corrections for these chapters. 
one huge one, right, which is that you absolutely cannot just fly a broom to the top of the astronomy tower. I actually did think about that once that chapter happened. I'm like, what? Yeah, no, that's, like, huge. That's, like, the vampire reaching inside of Buffy's house in the in season one of Buffy huge break breach of canon right like this absolutely violates everything else that we ever hear about the protections around hogwarts which again is like this is this is a pointless chapter and this giant glaring error didn't need to happen we could have just left it the fuck out you know what let's dig into that too because the fact that it wasn't like that hagrid didn't meet why was it harry and hermione like, cool, they set it up. Hagrid absolutely could have walked through the castle with a crate with no one stopping him. Dude walks through the castle swinging a dead polecat at some point, and no one's like, Hagrid, why? Yeah. <laughs> what you this doing, buddy? <laughs> this is this is very true. Yeah. It's absurd. It's absurd. But these people, like, he could have taken the crate to Hogsmeade, where these people could have flown on their brooms without having to, like you know, violate everything about what we know about how Hogwarts is protected and traded off the dragon. Why didn't that happen? Because you needed them to get detention. Really? They're, they do bad stuff all the time. They could yeah. have gotten detention a hundred ways that made sense. This doesn't make sense. It makes yeah. me so mad. Maybe this was an editorial, but it's also <laughs> a correction. <laughs> Maybe they're Hogwarts students. I don't know. That doesn't make any sense, but... Even if they... Uh, Dumbledore has to take down the barriers when he and Harry are flying back to Hogwarts after he drinks the potion in the cave in book six. If Because, because if a fucking Death Eater could just fly to Hogwarts and land at the top of the tower and come into the school, that would be bad. Yeah. <laughs> right? There's, there's no... There's no precedent. There's nothing that ever is congruent with this in the future. Hagrid makes me so fucking mad. <laughs> but that's for next episode. So. Oh my god. Are we still in education? We're in corrections. You're in corrections. I don't have a correction. Sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, next one is that Flamel would definitely still be in recent books because whatever alchemy he was doing with Dumbledore has happened in the last, you know, maximum hundred years. And apparently it's important enough to be mentioned on Dumbledore's chocolate frog card. So even if his work on the Sorcerer's Stone wasn't in recent books he's clearly still like advancing knowledge of alchemy and he would certainly be in in books that weren't about 600 years ago yeah and it's weird that this should have come up under dumbledore and dumbledore's entries in these books because he's definitely in the contemporary history part and it should have been like maybe sort of similar to the information that was in this chocolate frog card exactly yeah it's very silly so uh next they are learning in defense against the dark arts about how to treat will werewolf bites 
they definitely don't wor- learn about werewolves until their third year. There's a whole big thing about Snape teaching them about werewolves in that book. Also, there's no way to treat werewolf bites. So that's wrong. <laughs> I did I did think that was weird when I read it. I didn't make a note of it, but I was kind of like, really? Right. The only thing I could think of is if by treat it means it means something more like how to make it not get infected as opposed to like how to make the person not become a werewolf. Yeah, I mean weird. it could it could fall under like here what if you see someone get bitten by like a magical creature like here's how you deal with variety of bites yeah so you don't bleed to death or whatever i don't know yeah it's weird uh and then my last one is just hermione would never leave the cloak at the top of the tower especially when they passed mcgonagall on their way up yeah never also, just, you have a fucking incredibly rare and valuable invisibility cloak, and you forgot it at the top of the astronomy tower? Are you kidding? Uh-uh. No way. Yeah, you're right. Hermione would have never forgotten that. In a million years. I mean, I know she was really distracted, like, doing a jig, but, like, <laughs> there's, that's not enough to make Hermione forget that. But also it's like, all right, cool. You no longer have this giant, terrible fucking dragon crate. The the cloak is the only thing you should be concerned about. You're like, all right, let's grab this cloak and be on our way. Right. She's so afraid of sneaking out after hours. Like, she, she just, that would never happen. So. Yeah. It's nonsense. Welcome to the advice section, where we offer unsolicited advice to one character from these chapters jesse what's your advice i think my advice is to uh maneuver mcgonagall that there are other ways of wrangling children besides physically hurting them wait what does she do she, she like grabs more by the ear you know why they wrote that is because that's what uh, Maggie Smith is always doing in the secret garden to drag kids around. She knew it was going to be Maggie Smith. <laughs> you know, that's legit, actually. That is very legit. Uh, no, but you're totally right. <laughs> Again, the secret you, garden is a button where the movie where a lot of terrible things happen to children. It's so terrible. <laughs> Also a movie that was from 1993 in which Maggie Smith was the same age that she was when they recorded The Deathly Hollows. You know, it's so weird. I used to fucking love The Secret Garden, but it's such a weird... What do you mean used to? It's the best movie ever. (laughs) The first, like, and to this date, most excellent use of time-lapse photography. All those flowers blooming. Oh my god. Be still my heart. It's a very witchy movie. I should rewatch it. I don't think I've watched it since I was, like, a child. Oh my god. I have it on DVD. I watch it at least once a year. I love it so much. So my advice is uh, for J.K. Rowling's editor, which is (laughs) get rid of this goddamn dragon plot. (laughs) Throw it out the window. Tear it out of the book. I would go back in time and stop this nonsense. Someone was just really like, I love this dragon part. We have to keep it. They're just like... Yes, dra- more dragons. 
You know how she got it through is with all of the parts where Hagrid calls himself Norbert's mummy. <laughs> that's like that's what she she put that in there just to get the fucking dragon plot into the book. She was like, no one will be able to, to cut this. <laughs> it's way too cute. <laughs> oh, super cute. Hagrid. I know. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Gaily Prophet. Next week, you will hear the second part of our discussions of chapters 13 and 14. And you can look forward to a health and science section about Hagrid and the education section and the next installment of Dear Hedwig. You can find us on our brand new website. Our brand new website! Yay! It looks great. And if you don't want to use any of the podcast apps, you can also listen to our podcast on the on our new website, thegailyprofit.com. We're also on all the socials at The Gailey Prophet. All, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I don't know if there are any other ones. There are, but those don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at Jesse underscore Detroit. And I'm on Instagram at Live from Detroit. And you can find me at larkmalachi.com. That's L-A-R-K-M-A-L-A-K-A-I, where you can learn about the work that I do to help make people feel better. And you can also follow me at larkmalachi on Instagram or at Radical Healer on Instagram. And if you're following along at home, uh, after part B of this episode, we'll be reading chapters 15 and 16, The Forbidden Forest, and through the trapdoor. Uh, our show art was designed by Theo Julian Forrester, who you can find on Instagram at Theo Julian Forrester. The music and our theme song and our spoiler warning are both by Kevin McLeod. You can find the information for that in our show notes. And our spoiler warning was recorded by Sarah Sarwar. That's, that's, that's the stuff we that's should really stuff. write this down <laughs> yeah that's uh probably a really good idea and snake and quiro have a shifty meeting in the woods did you say snake and observes snake <sighs> jesus you're gonna come in like at a really decent amount of time for this episode these chapters mm -hmm. must be really boring yeah they are